Well, hello and welcome back to the show where we will review pretty much any movie as long as it stars Daniel Radcliffe. Mm, that kind of yeah. seems to be our theme quite a lot. It is. Uh, yeah. Which is appropriate because in three weeks when he is on an episode with us we're gonna have a lot to talk about so oh yeah i feel like we need to it'll prepare us anyways letting the cat out of the bag just a little bit of a you know some foreshadowing uh a spoiler Mm. of things to come daniel radcliffe on the movie men podcast in three weeks time you heard it here first no, 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 no. You misunderstood. When I said Daniel Radcliffe is coming on the podcast, I meant my cousin Daniel Radcliffe, who is not the actor. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's still cool. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, it'll be a good episode. I'm epi- still game. It'll be a stu- good episode, I'll, I'll tell you okay. that. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we're welcome. at it again. Yeah, I have, mm. I have a, 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 just, I got a hot take. I want to hear it. Okay. It's kind of a continuation of a previous hot take. Ooh, those are the best hot takes. It's like the two-parters. Yeah. So in a couple of episodes ago, I talked about public showers, uh, Mm. like the public showers where you push the button and and it it showers you for a bit and then it shuts off and you have to push the Mm -hmm. button again. Actually, I think that's called a PSA, a public shower announcement. Right, that was that was witty, man. Thank you. It was witty. Good job. <laughs> um, at the time, my claim, right, yeah, was that the uh, the amount of time in which the shower showered you before you had to start it, before you had to push the button before you had to start the shower again seemed completely arbitrary. Mm, sure. Uh. And between then and now, the gentleman who owns the showers that I was <laughs> r- arguing were all messed up. Sure. Confronted me. Not confronted him. It wasn't like, you know, wasn't like backed me into a corner, but said, hey, you know. <laughs> Listen here, boy. Uh, people, people, I, I, he listened to the episode and he nice. said, people all the time. Uh, or I've had people come up to me <laughs> and say similar things. Right. He says, the algorithm is set up for 30 seconds. It's supposed to shower you for 30 seconds and then starts mm. over. Yeah. Um, and he's he says he's timed it. Anytime he goes <laughs> with people to okay. do it. Sure. You know, people will be like, ah, it doesn't, it doesn't last that long. And he goes with them and he times it. Right. And he says, Just, and every yeah. time it's, it's, it's pretty damn close to that 30-second mark. It could be sure. 28 seconds. It could be yeah. 32, whatever. Mm. Uh, so I have said, and I haven't done this yet. I haven't had the chance yet. I'm going to time it. Good. I am going to do a field test of yep. my own. Back it up. And uh, and so then shout, Public Showers Hot Take Part 3 on our episode, <laughs> I will report my findings uh, on this <laughs> you know this ongoing open investigation man into. we will stay tuned for an update and i and you know what i'm i will concede that it probably averages 30 seconds right right like like probably 80 percent of the time or or maybe even higher like 85 percent of the time mm-hmm. it probably does run for close to those 30 seconds sure yeah. but there's definitely some times where it runs for eight seconds and it never fails. That's when you've got soap in your eye, and then it just stops. Right. For sure. Yeah. Or that you're peeing in the shower, and <laughs> and you're kind of using the mm, running water to. Sure. I'm just kidding. Don't pee. Don't pee in a public shower. Like, what do you? No, not if in public. If it's no. if it's your own shower, you can pee in it. Sure. If if it's your own pool, you can pee in it. But don't don't you know? Yeah. The word no. public and pee don't go together rarely fit into the same sentence mm-hmm. no exactly copacetically so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's how take sh- public shower hot take part two. Oh boy stay tuned for part three coming soon boys and girls yeah where are mm. you recording right now where are I'm, you physically located right now i'm in my basement i am back to my basement nice um i was we we took kind of a week off from recording not a week off for uh posting episodes so for the audience no. nothing changed god no no. But uh yeah, I'm back at home. Where are you recording? 
Uh, I'm on holidays. Um, nice. And uh, but there's no rest for the wicked, and so mm. I've got all yeah. my gear with me, and Atta I am boy. recording in the rolling hills Ooh. of uh, southwestern Ontario. Mm. Um, Very rolly. Yeah, and actually in this area it is. There's lots of like hills and valleys and. And right. on the property, if I go up to the top of the hill on the property, I can probably see for, mm, I would say 50, 60 kilometers anyways. That's very cool. Very. Oh, cool. yeah. It's, it's a beautiful. So anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I'm currently sitting in a like 150-year-old farmhouse. Nice. Um, but the really cool thing Mm is that the exterior of this farmhouse was oh. used in a 1980s Mel Gibson film. Oh, um, Die Hard. He, is Mel Gibson even in Die Hard? I don't... That's Oh, he what? absolutely... Yeah, for sure. Is, no, he's not. Oh, uh, sorry, he, sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant Lethal Weapon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Lethal brain, Weapon. Brain oh, my gosh. Yeah, sorry, my okay. bad. Uh, no, it's called Mrs. Soful. Mm. Or Mrs. Soful. Mm, okay. This is soulful. I don't know. Anyways, it's yeah. got uh, Diane Keaton and mm. um, Mel Gibson. Nice. And so they've they've been on the property. That's they've been really in, cool. You know, like I made lunch today in the kitchen that they took their breaks from filming. They would sit around the table in nice. that kitchen. Nice. So, yeah. So Very cool. I mean, no, no more appropriate place to record a movie podcast from than yeah. a, than a film set tell me this about is, it. this is essentially a a, a mm. retired film set that's very cool that is so, very yeah. cool let use that energy embrace it so now you've a hot ha, you, now you've had a hot take and you mm. had a uh, a flex <laughs> well with that let's let's get into the app let's All do right. it well we continue our series where we Go back year by year in film, and every week we have a vote, and the vote is various films from that year. This episode, we are covering the year 2012, and a few films uh, were chosen, and the winner was, as we alluded to, the Daniel Radcliffe, I guess it's a thriller or horror film, The Woman in Black. Right. I have a question for you right off the bat. Please. Before we even get to trivia. Yes, no, yes, yes. No, no, no. Let's do trivia first. Are you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Trivia first. Because okay. this okay. is like, this question I feel like, this is this is a, a can of worms mm. in in disguise as a question. This oh, is a wolf in sure. sheep's clothing. So I, we'll Those just, are good questions, by the way. So I'm looking trivia, forward to that. Yeah, all yeah. right. Uh, so this film... Uh, it was a little light on the trivia material. So I'm the trivia this week is more based on the year of 2012 in film, not necessarily okay. The Woman in Black. All right. Um, but a couple little snippets that I'm just going to share before I actually ask you a trivia question. Um, of note with The Woman in Black, this was actually a remake. This is the second film adaptation of the novel by Susan Hill. And there was a 1989 film adaptation of it. Oh, interesting. By that the same I, name? Uh, yeah. I knew nothing nothing of this. I, I did not realize hmm. it was a remake. So that, that kind of fascinated me. Yeah. The, the other is just, it's the MCU, whether you love the DCEU or MCU, you just have to just admire what the MCU did from an accomplishment, a financial perspective, how just incredibly powerful it was and 2012 marked the first avengers movie Mm. being released which grossed 1.5 a little over 1.5 billion a historic film a historic film and it's just because it it was it was really the first uh you know even even though the the shared cinematic universe technically started with iron man this this was this was sort of the full realization of a shared cinematic universe yeah. of, of of all of these yeah. characters who we had seen in these movies uh, come together on the screen mm-hmm. and each having equal screen time. Right. Uh, yeah, it wasn't just one coming across, you know, yeah, getting a hot dog and then they leave. It was. Yeah, their, yeah. their own development, their own story arcs, mm-hmm. their own struggles and things to overcome. And oh yeah, mm. yeah. historic 
movie. Yeah. Um, but my question to you is going to test your knowledge of your own memory, what you did that okay. year as far as film seeing, and oh, maybe geez. your analytical knowledge of what you remember reading or seeing about that you didn't actually go and see yourself. But all of 2012, I was just, I was just <laughs> doomsday prepping. That was, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That that right. entire year was was a write off. That was that was that stocking Mayan... up on canned yeah. beans and toilet paper. Gatorade, yeah. yeah. No, toilet paper, that was a that was a different global disaster. Right. But yeah, that Mayan calendar screwed some people up. Mm, yeah. Uh so in 2012, uh there were six releases in 3D and IMAX of films from previous years. And these were like very successful films in their own right, but they were re-released in 3D and IMAX that year. I know one of them you'll be able to guess, but can you guess what six films in 2012 were widely released in 3D and IMAX in theaters. I mean, it's blowing my mind right now that it hadn't occurred to me uh it hadn't occurred to me that it had been 8 years since I saw Titanic in theaters in 3D. Yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah. Cuz it was that it was the 100th anniversary of the disaster. Right, and yeah, so it made sense. Yeah, and it made sense. And wow, it's been 8 years. Yeah. Just Do you want to hear the story in. or not? Just take the... Yeah. It's been eight years. Yeah, that's right. And I can still smell the popcorn. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's so that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's one of the six was Titanic. Gosh, I've only got one other guess. Sure. Uh, I Couple mean, or Pixar, if that, if that kind of... Oh, wow. Yeah. I so the I mean my other guess the other the only other film that I've seen as a 3D re-release is Jurassic sure. Park and oh, okay. I wouldn't have guessed that only because I didn't think it was the same I didn't think I'd seen both of them in the same year but right and you're correct but maybe it, but maybe no. I did it, no you didn't okay. I, it was not Jurassic Park that must have been a different year okay yeah because uh, I think Jurassic Park was maybe like a year or two before that mm, right. Um, I don't even remember when that was. Yeah, and re-releases. Okay, so it had it, uh, Toy Story. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the Toy Story one and Toy Story two. Surprisingly, I'm a little surprised by this. It was actually Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc., which in 2012 Monsters, Inc. surprises me. But well, Finding Nemo films, makes sense, I guess. But like 2012 isn't that far removed from their original release dates. No, but I mean. Finding Nemo's got some great visuals in it, though, and I feel like yes. it lends itself to... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That sort of immersive depths of the water experience. Yeah, and that, I think, was fair. So, yeah, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Titanic. Okay, so that's three. The Phantom, the Phantom Menace. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, yeah, I, would, I never would have guessed that. This one I am surprised by. Beauty and the Beast. The animated one? The animated one, yeah. So That one seems like the black sheep there. That, seems, very much. that I, one seems way out in left field. I feel like Titanic, Finding Nemo, for sure. Phantom yeah. Menace and Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Monsters yeah, Phantom, Menace, Be- Phantom Menace, yeah. it had been 13 years. Oh, yeah. And I think there would just be some space visuals and just different visuals that would have some merit being in 3D and enjoying it. But Monsters, Inc. and Beauty and the Beast, great movies, but I'm not sure right. if 3D was, was needed. No. Yeah. So cool. lay that question on me. I am curious. I am uh, intrigued. Okay, so uh, for those for those people who aren't aware, the way that we, um, the way that we kind of come up with our four options mm. for the votes is I select two and you select two. We throw them into the pot together Yep. Uh, which is fun because for me, I don't know for you, but for me, it's, it's, I kind of feel competitive about it sometimes. Like I kind of feel like, <laughs> yeah, my pick one, your pick didn't, right? Um, I think that's a you thing. I mean, I, I would be lying. There's the occasional time that I'm like, oh yeah, but more, more so it's just kind of a fun, fun thing all around. All right. Okay. Uh, no, and I agree. I'm not like, you know. No, no, no. I'm never bitter when mine doesn't. There's times like... <laughs> there's times where I have my two options 
and then you tell me your two options and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't stand a friggin' chance. Like there's no, right. Yeah. There's some there's weeks no where way. there's just a clear powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my question, mm-hmm. so, uh, so black, the woman in black was yep. one of your selections. Correct. Yep. Why? Mm, interesting what about like okay so so disclaimer (laughs) i watched this movie twice okay because i was thinking maybe the (laughs) second time i would enjoy it more like i really wanted to like it i I kid you not i watched it twice because the first time i was falling asleep oh my god and then so (laughs) i i got like 20 minutes away from the end and I was like I'm I'm not doing this film justice I'm falling asleep right, right. Uh, and it wasn't even it's like freaking 10 o'clock at night like it wasn't you know but I was right. like I'm falling asleep I'm gonna watch mm. it again mm. tomorrow night I started sure. it from I, I thought to myself I'm gonna finish it tomorrow night but no 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 I started it <laughs> all the hell the way over uh, right. and it still fe- it fell so friggin flat for me yeah uh, I wanted to, I, I you know all of the recipe, all mm. of the ingredients in this recipe were ingredients that I like. Sure. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, and I just don't get what happened. It's like there's there's noodles and there's chicken and mm-hmm. there's cheese and there's broccoli and there's some right. jalapenos and there's some, and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, baby. And then I put it in my mouth and I'm like, oh, something, <laughs> something didn't, yeah. didn't work out here. So why? So, why Woman in Black? That's interesting. So- I had seen it before, and I believe I saw it in theaters when it was in theaters in 2012. And I think it was definitely one of those films that I remembered it more fondly and remembered it having more of a punch and uh, more more oomph to it. And maybe it's just because I, you know, when you see a movie with someone or with a couple people, and whether it's a comedy, whether it's an action film, whether it's a horror movie. And just the the presence of being with people and the film being a way of interacting with one another, I think that maybe played into my memory of it a bit more. Well, um, and, and at the time you were like, how old were you in twenty twelve? I, I think te- I was about teenager. eight. I was eight years younger. I think. Yeah, you would have been like just <laughs> exiting your teen years. So, <laughs> so, so you were, you were overly impressionable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. But. I definitely I definitely hear what you're saying. And when I watched this film more recently, I definitely felt it landed a little hollow at times and it didn't land those punches that I thought it did in my Like memory. I don't think I don't think Daniel Radcliffe is particularly good in this film. He's awful. I uh, like I'm I'm sorry. He's he's not very good. I think the story gets kind of the story starts out kind of interesting. Oh, for sure. And then I think it's becomes a little convoluted and I'm like, mm. okay, woo-hoo. like I get that, <laughs> right. you know, there's a mystery and I'm supposed to be kind of mm. trying, you know, wondering yeah. what's going on, but I'm actually just lost. Like, I just don't, Yes. Yeah. like yeah. I, I, I have no leads to go. Like, this isn't even interesting for me because I have no leads to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. then there's, the, there's a moment where suddenly, uh, before the reveal, mm. it just becomes so easy to predict where this is going. Right. That the reveal happens, right? The guy talks about, uh, oh, you know, the guy reveals that the woman in black is Jeanette mm. and and all of this stuff. And you're just like, well, I, yeah, I knew that 10 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> no kidding, Arthur, boss. How did Arthur not piece this shit together? Like, <laughs> what? Right. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And yeah, I I feel like, so specifically two things. I, I think I completely agree with what you said about 2012. Uh, sorry, about this film. And I think when it came to why I chose it for 2012, th- I feel like there was not a lot of good films that I thought would do well. Because oh, there was, and, and I, cause and I don't want to say... Oh, yeah, I want to be clear. Like, I'm not blaming you. Oh, no. No, uh, no. Because everyone friggin' voted for this. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's I, like, I'm extending this question further to everyone who voted <laughs> for it. 
Right. Why? Right. <laughs> like the options, uh, yeah. the options, 2012 was kind of a dead year and the options for that sure. we posted weren't amazing, but. Yeah. Yeah. But come on. You, they still like, voted for it. You, but overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. Now, it won by it won by a landslide. Yeah, I think I think what this film what drew me to, what made me choose it, and why I'm a little disappointed, it just it it fell hollow and it's it fell into the cliche of a lot of horror films that relied too much on the jump scares, but specifically I really think it relied heavily on Daniel Radcliffe's notoriety, right and. And I, he's I, fresh off of Harry Potter at this he point. Is, and interestingly, when I saw this, I had never seen any Harry Potter film. So this was my right. first exposure to Mr. Radcliffe. My question... So which, no wonder you didn't want to watch the Harry Potter yes, films. Yes, exactly. Like, and this, this schmuck. Even when I watched it this week, I actually raised the question to myself, I'm not convinced that Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor. And I'm not I'm not saying that actor or I'm not saying that argument that some people use for Robert Pattinson that, oh, he's just the Twilight actor. I'm not saying Daniel Radcliffe is only Harry Potter. That's all he can do. Like, I'm just not convinced he's a an amazing actor. I, I, I just haven't seen chops from him. I haven't seen yeah. him carry a scene. I haven't seen him make me yeah. well up. I haven't seen him yeah. frighten me. I haven't seen, yes. you know. Yeah. Like in in um oh frig uh what's that stupid movie you made me watch oh Swiss Army Man Swiss Army Man mm-hmm. uh, I mean he didn't really have any you know like that wasn't a challenging role not particularly it was right at time there's yeah. a couple of moments where he shines but for the most part he's he's just kind of playing a a dead guy. I, right? I feel like, like his any merit from his character would be more from the writing and the screenplay versus him carrying the role. Right. The more awkward he was, yeah. uh, the the better he kind of executed his character and mm-hmm. you know, so it didn't really require a lot of Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that, I don't know what to say. There's a couple films I I actually specifically looked up the IMDb of Daniel Radcliffe to say where is that shining knight in armor that will really remind me, oh, but he's in that film, right? Okay, I need to back off this opinion. And nothing's standing out. There's a couple, maybe one, but maybe two, for sure, for sure one, maybe two films that are on my to-watch list that I'm, I've heard good things about, that I'm intrigued by with Daniel Radcliffe. But until I see them, I'm cautiously optimistic. Like, I, I'm, I'm not ready to say he's an elite performer. I want to watch the 2019 movie that he's in where he wakes up and he's got guns attached to his hands. What's do you do you remember what that's called? It's it's called Guns Am, Ambicio or something. Okay. And I remember seeing a trailer for it and thinking, "Oh, this looks this looks ridiculous but entertaining." Sure. Uh so I want to watch it and then yeah. the other day after watching Woman in Black, I was like, Whatever happened to that film? Like, did right. that film never come out? And I looked right. up the IMDb, and it's like, oh no, it came out last year. I just missed it somehow. So, oh. I'm, I'm curious to go back and watch that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I feel like this film, in my mind, I what I thought it did well, but in reality, it didn't. But where it had the opportunity or the potential, I loved the mystery aspect. And I love the time period and it, it could have been a little more spooky, but it did fall into a lot of the cliches where whether mystery is withheld and it's not a natural mystery of let's find something out. It's just people stupidly withholding information and telling Daniel Radcliffe, hey, don't do this, but they don't tell him why. And just a lot of kind of the cliche horror tropes and right kind of plot, plot ditches and holes. Mm. What what I want to ask you, because you've seen this film, and I'm assuming the people listening Twice. have seen this film. <laughs> Twice, yeah. I want to ask you, I'm going to give you some options, okay? I I, I want to, you tell me which option you would choose. And, and I'm, I'm, we're going down the road of envision yourself, you are Daniel Radcliffe in that circumstance. What do you do? And I just, I just want you to just tell me what you want to do, okay? Okay. Can, can you, I, I actually want to, I've thought this out. I, I want some, some, a, a thought, well, a well thought out answer. Okay. 
So for those who aren't familiar, just remember, Daniel Radcliffe has to go do this job. He has to take care of some legal matters or else he's fired. He's a widower and there's some bills to be paid. So he's kind yeah, of I don't like know. A, is he is he even a lawyer or is he just a legal clerk at this point? Like he's I kind think of, he's I assumed he was a lawyer. I don't know if he's been called to the bar yet. I don't not. know. I'm not sure how it worked in London in like the early sure. 19th okay. century yeah. or 20th but century. But he, wor- he works he lo- he works for a solicitor. Yeah. Yeah. And he has to go to a remote house of some of a customer or client who passed away and has to yeah. deal with some paperwork. So, option 1. Just find a new dang job. Like your current employer's an ass. You just lost your wife a couple of years ago. You're still kind of getting over it. And for heaven's sake, you're in the second industrial revolution. I feel like there's tons of job prospects out there. So, so that's option one. You just find a new job. You just step up, walk away after your boss is a dink and you say, forget it. Option two, and this is the biggest problem with the film. You, you say, yeah, I'm going to continue my job, but I'm going to take a car to this remote ass house and back it up to the front steps and dump every stupid document and birthday card and photo and just put it in the back trunk and just drive away and literally do your work anywhere. Like drive to a Starbucks, just do whatever you want. You don't have to stay at a haunted house overnight. My goodness. I don't know why he did that. Uh, But just take it home. There's no need for you to be in that house. So find a new job or just take the work and do it remotely. Number three, hire a damn assistant. Like if you are a lawyer, there is no need for you to spend like three days doing this grunt ass work. Hire an assistant and either have the assistant do it or hire the assistant to be with you so you have like a buddy system and like make that assistant like a United States Marine. Um, this one specifically, unfortunately, we've learned as a society because we are currently going through a pandemic. But I feel like Daniel Radcliffe should have used Zoom because they were kind of leading up to the Spanish flu. Historically, they were kind of ramping up to it. So I feel like socially distancing and working remotely, I feel you could have just used a Zoom call. Um, but yeah, uh, what, what would you go with? Just cause you know, at, at one point when you see like a creepy ass woman in a window, I'm just pulling a 180 and getting the hell out of there. I'm never coming back ever. I will walk through the tide. I will never wait for it to drop. I'm just leaving and never looking back. Yeah. I mean, so obviously the zoom call thing is satirical. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he could quit his job. Sure. Um, but he's probably getting paid well. I don't know, but he has all those like unpaid bills. True. Because there was that. This is a this is a fault to the movie. I feel like it's kind of a cliche. They gave like so much expositional backstory in like one second of screen time. He like packs a suitcase with like his kid's drawing of the dead mother. So you you see that he's a widower. You see that there's a kid in his life. You see these unpaid bills in his suitcase, so you know he's feeling some pressure. And then he like shakes a flask by his ear, so you know he's like an alcoholic. So you like you get like fifty nuggets of information in like one second of screen time. Right. Uh, I feel like any job that he could go get, like yes, it's the second re- industrial revolution, but yeah. I feel like any job that he could go get, um is going to be a physical labor job. Like he's going to yeah. be working a rail That's yard true. or yep. in some sort of factory or something. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the job that he's got probably prior to going and working with haunted, you know, circumstances mm. <laughs> right. uh, is, is probably a lot more cushy than most of the other jobs that he's going to go find. So mm. there's definitely some appeal to the job that he has because of that. Sure. Uh, the assistant, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Like, you know, if he's if he can't make his bills, then mm-hmm. yeah, paying someone True. else a salary. I don't, you know, I don't know how all that works. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna try to take the paperwork with me. Like, I yeah. wonder. Th- this was something that that I I kind of questioned in the film. Yeah, was he's a lawyer or he's, sure. he's some sort of legal worker. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he shows up to do this job. Yes. Uh, yep. Which already seems like it's going to take him a week. It's already kind of a, yeah, 
It was a you know grueling kind of task. He's got well, ahead of him, and, and and he's like I feel like he needs to get some horse blinders on because he like there's the job he has to do the the actual legal paperwork, and then he starts playing around with like birthday cards and f- like photographs. It's like, dude, you got to stay focused. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. But then, like, how realistic is it that you show up? All of this shit starts to go down. <laughs> and instead of saying, yes, yeah, screw that noise and leaving, <laughs> right. you yeah, go, yeah, yeah. not only am I a lawyer, but I am mm. a paranormal investigator mm. and I am responsible to solve this mystery. Yeah. Like he, t- he, he it, all of a sudden it becomes the town's problems become his problem. Oh, yeah. Screw that. Heck yeah. Like when you know, I after the whole incident with the little girl who who ingested the lie, mm-hmm. that's at least a day off. That's that's oh, a yeah. that's a mental health day. <laughs> like, like quite literally. Holy yeah, hell! Yeah, on and on. Yeah, I feel like so many things in this film. I'm just like, you know what? It's not worth it. Like whether the horrible witnessing of children dying firsthand, whether you're at your dinner party with your homie who you just met on a train and his wife like starts like hacking in like a pictured like seance on like the kitchen table or whatever you want to call that. Like at some point you're like, okay, this is a little weird. I'm just leaving. Like, yeah, this is just awkward. I I don't want to stay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I would, I, you know, although he was already, I don't know, he was already struggling to find a place to sleep. Yeah. Um, which I didn't fully understand. Why did they not? I mean, I guess they were just trying to protect him. They were trying to prevent him from being able to. Yeah, but it was kind of a job. half-assed job. Like it was like, I think their intention was don't let him stay so you can't rustle any feathers and make things worse with this ghost. Right. But why it was doesn't like, everybody else just leave? Get the hell out of town. Like, why do, yeah, like leave. Every, you're but, all but, aware that this is happening. Just leave. <laughs> but, and the thing is, I don't know. What, like, it's like, like I said, it was a half assed job because they're like, the husband of the inn said, no, we have no rooms. You can't stay. You have to leave. This is trouble. Be gone. And then his wife was like, oh, no, but I guess if he was willing, he could stay in the attic. And then the husband's like, I guess, like, he, he allows this to happen. And I was like, well, you're, Sure, you're making it difficult for Daniel Radcliffe, but you're not really putting up like a firm stop sign. You're not right. really, uh, you have no merit to be upset with him wrestling around because you still let him stay. Which, him staying in the attic, this is another point. Uh, sure. So, obviously, the room that he stays in in the attic is the room with mm. the three little girls' room from the beginning of the film, the opening shot of the film. Right. Yeah. Which th- I guess was just them showing an example of children dying as a result of the woman in black. I spent the whole friggin' movie waiting for some sort of mm. meaningful tie back to that. Some sort of like connection as to why those three girls were significant. Nothing. Yeah. I think Nothing. it was just random. It was just random. Just didn't mean anything. Yeah. I I feel like this film had a lot of potential. Like I said, I was just so intrigued by it and I remember being intrigued by it. And I just, ultimately, I think it's just, it's about as weak as Daniel Radcliffe, at least as he is in this film. Like, all the all the plot points could have been ironed out. They could have maybe just simpled, simplified it a little bit, have a bit more meaning behind things, like not just show random things like you said in the imp- opening montage. Just keep it simple, keep it thoughtful, keep it interesting and ho- keep us hooked. And I think it was just way too weak. Like, for me, just the whole premise of this is based on Daniel Radcliffe being glued to this house. Like somehow this magical paperwork has to be done at this house, which I which I don't even understand. Like this paperwork is the biggest problem for me for the whole film. Like he can throw it in a suitcase, he can leave. I also have a problem with it. Like how does he just show up and there's all the paperwork that he needs is just there? Like this woman was a widower, or sorry, a widow, and she passed away and she has no family or relatives. So who like who prepared this paperwork? Like, like did she wake up in the morning saying, Hey, I think I'm gonna die today, better get all this paperwork out? Like 
every aspect of the reason he had to be at this house, this stupid paperwork, I just felt like it was just kind of forced and weakly thought out. And yeah, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm realizing how disappointed I was with this film. Thank you for making this an option for us to watch. I'm... <laughs> it's disappointing because, yeah, I, I remembered it being a little more, f- I remembered it more fondly than it turned out to be. So this movie also fell flat for me uh, just as a horror film in general. And mm, and I've been okay. putting a lot of thought into this, and I wonder if this is maybe uh, an issue with me. Um, mm. And so uh, the jump scares. Oh, yeah. Some of them made me jump, right? Like that, sure. that, that yep. crow right. scared the hell out of me. Which, by the way, Daniel Radcliffe, you don't touch a baby bird. Because then the mother won't respond to it. Uh, not true. That's an urban legend. Is that not seriously true. an urban legend? I think so. I think so. I think. Does that's it depend on the type of bird? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Could <laughs> could just be ostriches. I'm. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Sorry, that was a foul joke. Um. <laughs> right. Well done. Well right. done. Uh. But so overall, the film didn't scare me though, and right. and there was a couple of things that I was sort of self-analyzing uh, while I was watching it and thinking, man, sure. this isn't like I don't find this scary. One mm-hmm. is, uh, I was I wasn't scared. I understood why Daniel Radcliffe should be scared. Mm-hmm. They were scary circumstances. Sure. Um, the character Arthur, Daniel Radcliffe's character, certainly, it certainly warranted him being scared. Mm-hmm. But what he was going through didn't scare me. Mm. Didn't make me as a viewer frightened. Right. Um, yeah. And I think part of it. Mm-hmm. So, I started thinking about okay, well, well why? why? And I think yeah. maybe it's because. Daniel Radcliffe's character, like so many other characters in so many other horror films, wasn't reacting and behaving realistically. Mm. Was investigating when he shouldn't investigate. Was leaving, was not just packing up and leaving when it was time to just pack up and leave. And so it made me think about like, okay, so what film has scared me? What it, it, to Mm. me, what is the, what is the, standard that a film needs to to yeah. reach in order sure. to to scare me. Uh right. and the last film that I remember being genuinely terrified by hmm. uh was yeah, this would be years ago now, like two thousand and oh good lord, two thousand ten, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Uh when I went to go see the first paranormal activity movie in the in the theater. Mm. Sure. And this film terrified me mm-hmm. um, yeah. for a couple of reasons. Something, sure. A couple of things that did really well. One was it was a film that did not rely heavily on special effects. Mm. Yep. Uh, and, and for the most part, neither did The Woman in Black. So no, kudos, no, it didn't. kudos for that. Yep. Uh, two is at the time, the found footage genre... Uh, had not been, I said genre weird. I said genre, <laughs> genre. The found mm-hmm. footage genre had not been had not been beaten to death yet. It hadn't been no, overdone, it which no. it has now. Um, but at the time, it was still relatively fresh. The only other real example of it was Blair Witch, right. um, and it kind of I, it kind of opened the door. Like it was kind of the the entry level. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't know about Blair Witch. Like, I think Paranormal no. Activity kind of gained more theater traction than Blair Witch did. So a lot of the people who went to yeah. go see Paranormal Activity had never heard of Blair Witch, didn't know right. that the found footage genre existed. And so, mm-hmm. and everything everything about the first Paranormal Activity movie was marketed as real. Mm-hmm. Oh, this yes. is actual footage. Sure. That we have recut uh, that we've been given by the Los yep. Angeles Police Department. <laughs> Police Department, yeah. And there were no credits at the end of the film. There was no fanfare at the beginning of the film. There was no soundtrack. There was nothing. And 
and so and it was all it was dealing something dealing with something that a large majority of the population um dabble in believing in sure right sort of the paranormal and the fact yeah. that you know and and there's yeah. never a moment where they like show you a ghost so you didn't have to like they didn't no. have to make any decisions about well what looks believable and, yes. and you didn't have to go okay well you know mm-hmm. like you know honestly okay that's cgi no it was all like and, and and as a result they were able to have such a low production value and oh, yeah they made still it have for a like, fantastic film yeah they made it for like fifteen thousand dollars or something and they yeah. shot it in four days yeah oh was, yeah yeah mm-hmm. um you know and so it's all like stuff like girls getting dragged down the hallway by sure. an invisible force and door slamming yep. shot and stuff like that yep. and the film ends yep. and it says uh uh, you know, at the end of the film, she kind of kills her boyfriend and because and, mm. she's possessed by the demon. She kills her boyfriend and all this stuff. And in the end of the film, and the, the letters just come on the screen, you know, uh, th- the events happen on this day, footage from the San Francisco Police Department or LA Police Department, whatever it is. Um, Mika's body was discovered by the police on such and such a date. Katie's whereabouts remain unknown. And we were friggin', we had a 45-minute drive home from the theater. <laughs> oh, Nobody in the car man. talked. Right. I got home and had the lights on, like sitting in my mm-hmm. room with the lights on for half the night because I didn't realize for like the first couple of days. It was a couple of days before I knew, oh, that was fake. <laughs> sure. This film, I was hook, line, and sinker. It had me believing. Yep. Uh, yep. And and But a big part of what made it believable is that their reactions were believable. Mm. They presented, you know, and 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 any time that they weren't going to leave the house, they mm. presented a logical explanation for why that is. Right. Right. Yeah. They had a demonologist explain to them, "This thing's haunting you. It's not haunting the house. If you leave, it's not. Yeah. It'll just go. It'll come with you." Yep. So they stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. I think so. I think for me that's a big. But harking back to um, or coming back to the woman in black, I think that's where I check out of a horror film. Yeah, yeah. When that's fair. someone is behaving in a unrealistic way, when someone opens the closet instead of just buggering off. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And then I'm like, well, but you're doing that so that the so that the thing can jump out. Or you're doing that so that the suspenseful music can make me think that th- things going to jump out, and then yep. it doesn't, and then yep. you sigh a big <laughs> relief sigh, and you turn mm. around, and then they're right friggin' there, right? right? And so, and and that's the only reason, and and it's not reasonable, believable, realistic behavior, mm-hmm. and so then I check out, and I think I checked out in this film for those reasons. That's fair. I think I think a lot of these things play into how we evaluate horror and scary films. So how how it aligns with our worldviews and world beliefs so it obviously is a big part. How it aligns with what we would do or how realistic we think it is. And obviously, I think something that has to be taken into account. Even you and I I think I agree with exactly what you're saying with paranormal, but with me with Woman in Black being 8 years ago, with paranormal being 10 or 11 with you, we were both younger then, so we were more mm. impressionable. Even we might have been a little more naive as far as what we thought was scary in, in film at those points in our lives. So all the, all these different things definitely influence what, how we perceive and how scared we get from these films. Mm. And yeah, I think I think you're right. The Woman in Black really hit on none of these well. And yeah, I, I'm trying to think of films that I found scarier. You know, whether it's like films like Insidious, where, I, you know, it doesn't rely on jump scares, it rely, relies more on concepts, and whether you believe in certain concepts or not can also kind of resonate with what you would be scared of. And I think you make a really good point. Yeah. Woman in Black, just, just, yeah. Okay. Try uh, harder. So then having said that, zero to mm-hmm. ten it for me. Yeah, I, I gave this film a ten out of ten. Wow, no, that's not at all. I just want you to. need to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't um, want to sell know, me death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. <laughs> so I gave the film higher than I think you would expect, 
And okay. I definitely think it's higher just for emotional reasons of I liked aspects of it and I feel it could have gone further. So I gave it some points for that. And just I had fun when I originally saw them. You're a so on my scale, yeah, 100%. So on my scale, it was a 6.1 out of 10. Okay. Uh, so that's the second highest tier. I'm not sure if it really deserves to be there, but just how I felt about it, it still got that high. You'd buy on it. Mar- yeah, on, on Marshall's scale, I gave it a 5. I could maybe be convinced to a six, but I could also be con- convinced to a four. So about a five out of ten, just oh, right wow. in the middle. A meh. Okay. Uh, you know, not bad, meh. not good. Meh. Meh. I yeah. think meh is a great word for it. Meh it is a great word. You know, it, I 2012 was a tough year. We, we hit on this. There were films that are good, and I'm looking at my list right now because I can't even remember what came out in 2012. Moonrise Kingdom, Anna Karina, Seven Psychopaths. There, there were a lot of good films Les Mis, but just for the voting purposes, whether... There there were a couple of good films that were like the sequel to a... Like not the first part of a series. We're going to touch on Skyfall in our James Bond series. Um, There were a couple, yeah, that I felt like just you can't choose because they're sequels or we we were going to hit on at other times like Les Mis or... There was another one too. Or or there was one or two where it wasn't a sequel, but it was the first part of a series, and I'm like, mm. but if we but if we do that, is that is that something we want to you know is that something right. we want to bite off? Because if we yeah. bite it off, then we got to chew it, and we got to chew yeah. it and swallow. Oh, the, whole the dark thing. the Dark Knight Rises was was the one, and I I'm not saying I particularly enjoyed it. In fact, I I say I didn't, but it was significant for its kind of cultural following at the time and the leading up to it in 2012. Right, and somewhere down our dirty, dusty, in need of Drano <laughs> pipeline is right. a Batman series. Yeah, so we're gonna get there kids. as well. We will get there. What would you give this out of ten? Uh, I give it a four point six. Um, so a little Fair more enough. in line with Marshall's scale. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, for me, it was it was not quite worthy of hitting a five, which is kind mm. of the the neutral take it or leave sure. it. Uh, yep. This 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 was a leave it for me. I I wouldn't feel comfortable recommending it to someone, um, mm-hmm. and wouldn't you know if if mm-hmm. I was if it was a movie night and someone was like, oh, you know, this is this is the option. This is what we'd like to watch. Yep. Um, then I might suggest a board game or um, <laughs> right, yeah, putting yeah. my hand in a meat grinder or some, you know, some sort of <laughs> alternative Whoa. activity. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what'd you Fair watch enough. this week? I watched a couple things. So, uh, I too just came back from vacation, and I was actually at a cottage, Ooh. and I was so. I was hoping, I know it was a long shot, but I was so, so, so hoping that there would be a VHS player. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, I would have picked whatever VHS was there and weighed that my recommendation for you. Just for those who don't know, my grading scale has four tiers. The highest is I'd see it in theaters. The second highest is I'd buy it. Third highest is I'd rent it. And the dead bottom is i'd guess i'd watch it at the cottage if there was no wi-fi and it was raining so i so was is it, just is this hoping. a cottage you rented like you rented it was a, a cottage? cottage i rented yeah okay yeah so i was just hoping it's a long shot because not many people have vhs's anymore but yeah. i was so hoping that even if it had been like somehow like a cat's rendition that was taped on vhs i would have watched it and made made that my recommendation just because it would have felt so poetically right but sadly, there was no VHS player, and Damn. I'll get to what I watched shortly. Damn. But so the first thing I watched was your recommendation of The Man from Uncle. Can I say, before you say anything about The Man from Uncle, my, <laughs> my, 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 the thing I just, you know, I've been trying to sum up my feelings about The Man from Uncle. Okay. And agree or disagree with it. Sure. The Man from Uncle, this okay. is, this is my, this is my, mm-hmm you know, quotations on the front of the movie poster. Sure. The man from uncle (laughs) gave me everything that I've been longing for and have yet Mm. to receive from our journey through the 007 films. I won. I, you know, I kind of echo that sentiment. I would agree. What we've seen so far in James Bond has been hollow. And what I saw in the man from uncle 
although wasn't Shakespeare. It was just the fun spyness of a film that was ridiculous at times, but was just kind of entertaining. And also, and, I've got T-shirts on the way that say because everyone everyone's talking about uh, what is it? Tomorrow never die. What's the new one coming out? Oh, no time to die. No time to die. No time to die is Daniel Craig's last Bond. Right. So yeah. uh, let's start campaigning right now. I'm gonna start campaigning today. I've got signs and T-shirts mm. coming. Henry Cavill for James Bond. Hmm. I buy it. I'm I 100. He's got the looks. He's got the hair. If he can do, yeah. I think he's English. I think he's English. I think he does an American he is... accent for things. Yeah, but it, I think he could pull it off. Like I, either I way, he no could doubts. do he do the accent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a Henry Cavill for James Bond guy now. I'm not. I'm. I don't think I'm wearing that T-shirt, but I would go to that rally and just hang out with a bit with you that you know i'm not i'm not against what you're saying but i'm not maybe ready to to carry that sign yeah i just looked i just looked it up he's super british let's make this happen <laughs> i feel like wh what i would say is i think there's a couple other people that would be more open or more interested to see in james bond but i'm i could be easily convinced that if they announced it tomorrow i wouldn't be upset i'd be like ah, oh, fair let's let's okay. see what happens all right yeah um, I, you know, it wasn't my favorite film, um, just for what it was. It was, it was what it was. Uh, ironically, my first comment was this was far better than any of the early Bond films. Oh yeah. That was my first comment. So we were both on the same length there. I, I ultimately, I did appreciate the period of the film and the film's window into that, that kind of cold war spy narrative. And it's just a fun kind of narrative to play into. Um, there was one sequence that I actually thought was really kind of fun and well done. And it was that sequence where there's the boat explosion and he's in, in the truck kind oh, of yeah. eating a sandwich. Eating then, the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And just with the music that was playing and what he ended up doing, I, I, you know, I thought it was really captivating and it was fun and it was well done. My only flaw or one of my main things that I really didn't like, there was one sequence where it got super dark. It was where that creepo was showing like his photo album. Yeah. That was for me just for like, I feel like this whole film was just hovering at the, let's just not take ourselves too seriously. It's just a fun spy film. And then that one scene, I was like, holy Hannah, this went really dark very quickly. And, and then it peaked back up again. Then it like never returned to that level of darkness. And even like a scene later, it went back to like its own kind of not taking itself too seriously. But it was yeah. just like that one moment. I was like, holy man. Yeah. It got a little, yeah, a little dark. I, I'd probably on my scale, I was kind of conflicted. I gave it a 3.8 or a 4.4. Oh, wow. That's low. Yeah. And, you know, it, I still enjoyed watching it for what it was. But for some reason, just I, I'm, I'm not, I'm just as surprised with how low it was as you are. When I, yeah. I literally crunched the numbers twice because I thought it would rank higher. See, on my scale, it's math. like a high seven. On Marshall's scale, it did a bit better. It's a five. Okay. Yeah. So boy it's right in the middle. We gotta get Marshall on bad. the show. Damn it. Oh, he's he's he is. There's a few people that have been on the wait list and just with yeah. COVID and tech We're issues. We, We're getting ready. We're on our way. We, You guys know who you are. We've been talking to you. It's going to happen. Um, the other thing I watched is a bit different. So like I said, I just came back from vacation. So I, I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. And it's uh -oh. something I did, I think, once in our early episodes. Like I'm I, talking like the first couple. I struggle with changes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make a habit of this. It was just incident or coincidentally what I watched. And this is, this is, this is the whole point of what, what you watch this week. Sometimes okay. it's, Hey, I watched some of uh, interesting film. I want to share it with you or, Hey, I watched this. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I think Brady might like this. You know, there's certain okay. weeks like that. This okay. is truly just what I watched and you're going to get a window into what I watched this week. And you might say, Hey, Love I'm interested in, yep. So this is actually a television show. Okay. 
Now, it's, I think I've, it's yeah, a, well, I think we did this. I had to watch an episode of something once. Yeah, I think it was like True Detective or something. Yeah, it was, like it was, it was, it was. Yeah. Um, so this this is of the similar variety of it's not like a sitcom or like a running show that's like here's two. I'm gonna make you watch like two episodes out of sixty or something. It's one of those TV shows that's just one season, so it's basically like a eight hour film. And I'll make you just watch the first two episodes because that would be about the time equivalent of a film. And you can watch it and say, hey, I now I know what Pete watched this week. Or you might continue watching it. That's really up to you. Okay. Um, there are two actor carryovers this week. It was like everything aligned. So is it Jared Harris that was in The Man from Uncle? Yeah. He, he is in this. Okay. Then I have trouble pronouncing this name. Karen Hines. He was the actor who played Mr. Daly in The Woman from Black. Right, the okay, woman okay, in yeah, Black. yeah, 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 yeah. So these two actors who I love were in this TV show, and that's part of the reason that drew me to it. Huh, so okay. I, I thought it was interesting that everything kind of aligned. But this film, it, it, it talks, or it covers kind of the, uh, is it the, f- I've got it, I Google it because I wanted to actually quote it correctly. It's a narrative on the Franklin Expedition to the Northwest Passage. So it's Weird. set in the 1800s. Okay. It's 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 based on some historical fiction, and I think it's grounded enough in facts that it's very has an interesting starting point. And with this in real life, like we know what happened to this this expedition, but there's still so many unknowns of what exactly happened that there's a lot of kind of wiggle room with the storytelling perspective and some poetic license and liberty. So. I, the reason I'm recommending it to you is one, I was just drawn to it by the actors and the premise and it started off with a curiosity and it eventually led up to me like it was one of those shows that I was watching and it's like two hours past your bedtime and you're going, holy crap, I'm going to be so dead tomorrow if I don't go to bed, but I also just want to watch the next episode. It it right. got me hooked, started with a curiosity and got me hooked. And the thing that I like about this is in film, in television shows, and in literature, there's something cool about like the Navy or sea captain's use and kind of showing their passion for their vocation. And it's always this kind of fine balance of they love their vocation and whether it's hubris or just kind of obsession, they're always like, yes, I'm going to, you know, move on from this one after one more expedition and that's their downfall or that's kind of their pivotal point and it's just it's not just a job it's just this romanticism with the sea and what i'm recommending to you is called the terror okay and it's it's 10 episodes long my one critique would be i feel like if it had shortened down maybe to like seven or eight episodes it would have been a bit more concise a little more potent i think it was stretched out a little bit too much but I'm recommending it to, yes, it's a TV show, but it definitely has a more cinematic approach to TV. And that's why I think it's it kind of qualifies for my recommendation to you this week. I'm so that's very what, fascinated. Yeah. I'm not quite done. I'm, I have like one episode left. So maybe I'll come on next week and be like, holy crap, I should not have recommended that to you. But so far, I'm recommending it to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you watch this week? You sent me uh, some peculiar screenshots. Yeah. So this the yeah. So the screenshot. <laughs> I have to disappoint you. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was from a TV show that I watched. Uh, <sighs> and from okay. like the the <laughs> sixth season. So I like I can't. Oh. <laughs> I can't recommend it to you. But it was just it was yeah. interesting because it was like a yeah. it was like a Third Reich officer that I sent you. It was. It was. It's the type of picture that gets your attention. Yeah, for sure. You raise um, an eyebrow for sure. So the first thing I watched. Uh, mm. This isn't the first thing in order, but in no, order no, no, that no. I'm going to talk about them was a film called Dead Man. Right. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, and my review of it is very short. Sure. I don't think I like westerns. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like Johnny Depp. Hmm. And I appreciate modern films that are shot in black and white. Mm, yes. Uh, and so, and I think the Johnny Depp and the black and white thing was redeeming enough for me 
uh, that I overlooked the whole Western. I just, I just don't care. I just don't care about the right. Western era. I've never, yeah, you know, there's never been anything where I'm like, oh yeah, give me a good Western. Like it just doesn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't do it for me. No, and that's fair. So, yeah, but uh, but it was good. I like, you know, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I I my, I didn't I personally didn't like it, but the the everything you said the 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 black and white the Johnny Depp and all the the other notable faces just was interesting to me. Yeah, so I I gave it like a a mid sixes. Okay, kind of like a six point four six point five. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I watched was Due Date with um, oh with um Robert Our Downey Jr. and DJ. Zach Galifianakis. Right. Have you seen it? I think I've seen like I've no is the answer. I think I've seen like snippets and parts, but no, I've I've never okay. seen it. It's it's a contender for one of my favorite comedies of all time. Interesting. Yeah. So I it's you know, it was fun. Hmm. Cool. Um I watched the I rewatched the animated um Adam's family with it with a group of people mm. who wanted to watch a movie and I was like, Oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, we could watch this. Sure. Uh, so I watched that. Um, I watched the new animated Scoob. Oh. Sort of the Scooby-Doo 3D animation thing. Yep. And then my recommendation for you, sir. Oh, my goodness. I'm so, so nervous. Is a 2000, 2003 film. Oh, that was a good year. It was. Very good year. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out that year. Yeah, one uh, of the how to lose Man a guy, movies? how to lose a guy in ten days. I think came out that year. Yeah, yeah it was. I don't know. It was a blockbuster year. Uh, this film uh, is a action western. Huh. Right. Really, you inspired me, sir. Oh wow! Um, I'm trying to think what it could be, but it doesn't really feel like it. It's it's a. It's it doesn't really feel like a western to me. So Okay. Okay. Uh it has Antonio Banderas in it. Huh. It has uh Salma Hayek in it. <laughs> I don't know if it has Google. It wait no 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 wait, don't don't look it up. Okay, okay. It has Johnny Depp in it. What? It has Willem. Huh. D- it has Willem Dafoe in it. What the heck is this? It has Mickey Rourke in it. What? Okay. Is it Zorro? The Mask of Zorro? No. It has Eva Mendez huh. in it. What? It has Enrique Iglesias in it. Is it a cartoon? No. It has. The... It, it has Cheech Marin in it from like Cheech See, and Chong. Yeah. So th- and it See, has... I feel like. Danny, Danny, I can never say his last name, but Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo. See, see, when you list that many names, the first, you know, like you, you're like, wow, I like this guy, like this guy, like this guy. And sometimes the, the common thread is like, oh, for this many famous people to be in it, it's an, it's a narrative or a cartoon or animated film. And then it's a bit of a downfall because you love to see all these people kind of actually interacting with one another. No, these are, these people are all in it. The only, Uh, Wow. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez. Okay. So the guy that does like, uh, he did the Machete movies. He did mm. uh, Spy Kids, like the oh, first okay. yeah, two yeah. Spy Kids or something. Sure, sure. Um, this film is called Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh. Have you seen it? No, I've heard of it, obviously. Okay. It's, uh, it. I like it. That's all cool. I'm going to say. All right, I'm yeah. so 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 strapped in. I'm ready to go. It's a little. It's a little. Um. It's a little wild. It's it it it's it's not super ground. It doesn't. It's not grounded in reality. So it's just kind of a fun ride to go on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Things are things are a little kind of like Spy Kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how there were things in Spy Kids that were like, okay, well, I mean, you've seen Spy Kids, right? The first. Yeah, long the first time one. Ago. So there's things in Spy Kids. There's like moves that they're fighting moves that they're doing, and it's like, well, but people can't actually do that. Um, <laughs> and so it's kind of like that. 
Mm-hmm. But it's good. Cool. I'm so. very, very in- intrigued. Sweet. Awesome. I hope you like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Wrap this up and put a bow on it and lick it. Oh, lick it. All right, lick kids. The, lick the self-adhesive <laughs> flaps on this episode and get some kind of poisoning and then adhere it to itself. <laughs> hmm. Well, it, when you phrase it like that, please check out our links below. So please like, follow, and subscribe our main pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you haven't done so already. Uh, we would really appreciate it. You can also check out our Patreon page below to help us keep the lights on, help us pay the bills, and help support and run the show. And if you're not at that point of level of wanting to support the show, even just liking and commenting on this specific episode's post, wherever, if it's on Facebook or Twitter, would really mean a lot and it would help uh, expose our show and we'd really be appreciative of that. I, I do have a couple shout outs as well. All right, shout him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first shout out will shout. be Matthew. No, shout shout it. Matthew! All right. Uh, because I believe I saw a woman in black with him back in 2012. Wow. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And I should have written it down. My second shout out was Marshall. And I literally can't remember why. There was a specific reason I was going to shout him out. And as soon as I remember it, I will tell him why. But until then, it's an ambiguous, voidless shout out. I know he he voted for Woman in Black. Maybe that's why I was going to give him a shout out. Maybe. A we'll lot leave of it people at that. did. A lot yeah. of people, for some reason, were like, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> I like to watch him squirm. <laughs> Maybe that's what Marshall did. Maybe. Maybe. Friggin' Marshall. Well, until next time, kids. Well, bye. Bye bye.